Welcome to the Gary New South Wales podcast show, where we explore and discuss relevant issues in the early childhood sector. For more information, visit www.garynsw.com.au. Welcome everyone. I'm your host, Antonia Mayolo, Communications and Marketing Manager at Gowrie, New South Wales. And today I'm talking to Sheila Degatati, Associate Professor of Early Childhood from Macquarie University, about the importance of high quality interactions with infants and toddlers. Welcome, Sheila. Thanks, Antonia. Sheila, when you talk about high quality interactions, what exactly does this mean and what does it encompass? Okay, Um, I think when we think about interactions, we need to recognise that we interact with other people for a whole range of of purposes. So we interact on a daily basis, for example, to get things done, to direct other people, to find out information, and just to purely be sociable with other people. But when we're considering interactions from an early childhood education perspective, we need to think about the kinds of interactions that can foster learning and development. So, for example, we now know that warm and sensitive interactions support children's growing sense of security. We also know that stimulating interactions are a requirement for cognitive and language development. So when I talk about high-quality interactions, they're the ones that I'm referring to. I'm referring to the kinds of interactions that we know through research will support learning and development. Can you break down the components of these types of interactions for us? Sure. When we consider interactions, we need to think about them as a form of conversation. It involves um, a sharing of ideas, a sharing of wants and needs with other people. So therefore, interactions need to involve some form of communication. Now, that communication can be nonverbal, um, and it often is with very young children, but it also needs to also be verbal as well. Other kinds of aspects when it comes to interactions is that we need to think about those interactions as being responsive. So one person provides some information and the other person receives and responds to that message of the other person. So there's that level of responsiveness going on there. I think also, importantly, interactions, though, need to go beyond just simple responsiveness. They need to involve some kind of reciprocity. So, in other words, it needs to go beyond simple communication and response to involve a sense of a a giving back of information. So, in this way, information and ideas flow backwards and forwards from one to the other, allowing each person to build on the ideas of the other person. And so if, like the early years learning framework, if we believe that knowledge is socially constructed through interactions, these interactions need to go beyond that level of responsiveness to be sustained and also extended. What messages are adults conveying through these types of interactions that you've mentioned? And what are infants learning from this? My work focuses very much on the communicative aspect of interactions and in particular the way in which the talk that infants are experiencing and also the talk that they are producing within their early childhood classroom, how that can establish and share meaning. When we think about talk, it can establish and share meaning on two levels. So, for example, the words that educators choose to use with young children provides a vocabulary for those children. So an exposure to a varied vocabulary has been shown to influence children's vocabulary growth. When a child has an expansive vocabulary, they can also then talk about more things, they can describe them in more details, 
and this then supports their developing understanding of the world. That's where the language and the cognition intersects because they're able to use those words to both express their developing knowledge and also then to obtain more information about that, that understanding of the world from other people around them. The other aspect when we're thinking about words is that the words that are used with young children provide really important messages about how these young children are thought about as learners. So, for example, if a child hears many commands and many prohibitions, such as don't do this or do that, they're less likely to see themselves as having autonomy or control over their own learning. Similarly, if an educator talks regularly about an infant's thinking or decision-making, those infants will develop a sense of themselves as, as a thinker and a knower who can make choices and have control over their own learning. So I think the thing to realise is that these things go hand in hand. So talk not only provides the content which supports children's learning, but it also provides children with these really strong messages about themselves as a learner and about how they can participate in the learning. And, and this is why I find it, it's such a powerful shaper of children's learning. Can you provide some examples of how we then should talk to very young children? Sure. There's, there's a number of teaching strategies that can help. So firstly, whilst it's important for adults to modify their talk with infants, for example, using relatively short sentences and a slightly modified tone, what used to be called motherese or child-directed speech, it's equally important not to dumb down your talk with infants and toddlers. So baby talk does not help infants to develop language. Instead, a rich and varied vocabulary does. So talking about the world around them, not dumbing down your talk is really important. Equally important is the need to talk to infants, in particular those who are, are just entering into that kind of realm of, of conventional language. Talk to them about what they're currently doing or attending to. So sharing your talk around what is relevant to them, and that helps them to then associate the words that you use with their current activity or the current object that they're attending to, and that then supports their word learning. The other thing about talking about what infants are currently doing with them is it gives educators things to talk about with infants. Sometimes I talk to educators and they say, well, look, you know, before these babies know how to talk, I don't know what to say with them. But if you focus your talk about what the child is currently doing and what you can see the child is currently doing and kind of narrate that experience for them in a sensitive way, that provides you with interesting things to talk about with infants. What is interesting is my own emerging research work is showing that infants and toddlers frequently initiate interactions to share information with others, not only to communicate what they want or what they need. So they're wanting to share information with educators. They want us to be involved in their experiences. So it's equally important to respond to those initiations and to extend on them because because that, that is what they're telling us that they want. So what can educators do to better their own understanding of how we interact with infants and toddlers? When it comes to the way in which we communicate with other people, so much of how we interact is very instinctive. We've developed an interaction style across our own childhood and across our own adulthood that we bring to our interactions with infants and toddlers. And sometimes we therefore interact with infants and toddlers in a way that lacks 
a, a real sense of awareness because we do it so naturally. So I actually think one of the first steps to developing a better understanding is to work within, for, for educators to work within their team to watch and listen to themselves and to listen to each other and provide feedback on how well every person is responding to and extending the interactions with young children. Sometimes I challenge educators to take a short video of themselves and watch that back. And that can be really quite eye-opening to them. It's not that they're interacting badly with those infants and toddlers, but sometimes they realize that they very rarely extend an interaction, that maybe they're not waiting very long and waiting for the infant to respond to them. And so that enables them to just make very slight little modifications to the way in which they interact. And that can really help. So it's very personally challenging, but it can also be really enlightening. The other thing that I would say is that there are some good practitioner books about infant-toddler pedagogy that that will support understanding. Uh, Whilst infant-toddler books are still a little bit hard to find, the resources are are increasing. So, for example, the books by Janet Gonzalez-Mina are great in terms of infant-toddler interactions and understanding the learning of infant and toddlers. My own book, Relationship Worlds of Infants and Toddlers, that I co-authored with Emma Pearson, also provides lots of examples of different types of interactions that can support learning and, and development and ways in which we can think about those. So I would really encourage educators to read up and, and share that information amongst your colleagues and your peers um, so that we can get a better understanding of these interactions out there. So Sheila, where can listeners go to find out more information on this? I guess there's two things that I would uh, would point out to readers. So myself, as well as my colleague Sandra Cheeseman here at Macquarie University, we provide professional development workshops and programs around this whole area. So anybody is welcome to contact me via my email address um, to get more information about that. And finally, and really excitedly, Macquarie, in collaboration with Gary New South Wales, is going to be holding the second Infant and Toddler Conference in September 2017. So I would certainly recommend this conference to infant toddler educators, to centre directors, educational leaders and managers. The last conference was fantastic and included presentations from many, many infant toddler educators. So this one's shaping up to be better. So I think, you know, watch Gary New South Wales website for details. Thank you for listening to the latest Gary New South Wales podcast. If you have a topic you would like us to discuss, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Gowrie NSW.